Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Well, if I'm being honest with all of you, the hardest minutes of my day are generally the first few. The first few minutes I'm awake, for whatever reason, seem to be the most difficult times I face each day. I mean, part of it is physical, which I'm sure we can all relate to. Just oftentimes your body wanting to sleep more, but knowing you need to get up. But but also for me, that seems when mentally and even spiritually, I, I can feel at my worst because it's when I wake up, it seems that that's when just all the, the thoughts or discouragement or anxiety uh, just rush into my head. And so you, you have all of that mixing with my body uh, wanting to sleep more. And generally, I, I mean, I need some revival that a cup of coffee or, or something like that is just not going to give me. And that's why I love starting each day in the Word and in prayer. And it's amazing how as we remind ourselves of the truth of God, it helps us wake up. It helps us wake up from discouragement. It helps us wake up even sometimes even physically from just the effects of the fall as we deal with fallen bodies. But God's word is so important and remembering his character is so crucial in getting our minds in the right place. And so I want to encourage you today to wake up and even just from the first few moments of your day to, to get our thoughts off of our circumstances, our anxieties, our discouragement, or whatever comes at your mind first thing in the morning and get our minds on God. And that's really what it seems like the psalmist is doing, what David is telling to himself today as we start Psalm 108. Psalm 108, and we're going to look at the first six verses. And it begins by saying, My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. And so there we we see just this praise and this idea of it being the morning and awakening the dawn and you know hey let's get the instruments let's start the day with with celebration and worship and that's where if i'm being honest naturally that's not that's not where i am if you were to wake me up this morning with loud voice saying my heart is steadfast watch out cuz something might get thrown at you right but honestly this is what we all need to be saying to ourselves and how can we get ourselves to this place where it's like hey the sun's coming up praise god let's go it's a new day well really it comes by giving thanks to god putting our thoughts on his praise remembering his steadfast love remembering his faithfulness those are good things to wake up to in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, are you putting your mind on the steadfast love of God? Are you putting your mind on the faithfulness of God and letting that be what gets your heart in, in the right place? And you might have some morning routine and it might involve a cup of coffee or some exercise or, or whatever it may be. And those things are all well and good. But the most important thing is that our hearts are in the right place because we're trusting in the steadfast love of the Lord. We are remembering His faithfulness. Uh, and as we do that, 
our, our, our soul will be awakened. And that's when we will say, hey, I will awaken the dawn because my soul is so full of remembering God and who he is and what he has done that I am filled with praise. And I hope that helps you uh, to wake up today and to be encouraged today. Next, let's go on to Hebrews chapter 4. And as we go to Hebrews chapter 4, we're reminded that even though we live in what can often be a weary world, and maybe you experience that uh, early in the mornings like I do, that there is rest offered to believers. We have rest. And so he's talking about in Hebrews 4, the Israelites who did not enter my rest. And there it's talking about uh, the promised land. The rest of, we're not in slavery, we're not wandering, we are home in the promised land. And it's clear he's using this as a metaphor for us, that there is a rest that is found in Christ. Remember what Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. And that's where, you know, often, whether it's in the morning or at night, or in the middle of the day, or in the middle of the night, when our when we feel weary, and I'm not talking about the physical weariness that we all feel in a fallen world. I'm talking about the spiritual weariness, the weariness of the soul, where you're just not sure if you can keep going. Well, that's where our rest is found in Christ. Our rest is not found in our circumstances, or really, I think what the author of Hebrews is trying to warn against is our rest is not going to be earned by our works. No, this rest is achieved through Jesus Christ, who is better than Moses, who is better than sacrifices, who is better than uh, the Levitical system. No, through Jesus, we can have rest. And so I think here he's really warning them from falling back into a place of depending on themselves, depending on their own works, saying, no, that's not rest. Rest is found in Christ. And let me just leave you with the last few verses of chapter four, where it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when you come across situations in life where you do not feel as rest at rest, you have a great high priest that you can go to and he can sympathize with your weaknesses and you can receive mercy and find grace and help in your time of need. So I hope these are some encouraging thoughts for us today. Encouraging thoughts that help us to remember the steadfast love of the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord, and help us to remember what he has done for us through Jesus Christ, and that there we can find rest for weary souls. Well, speaking of weary souls, let's go to Luke chapter 21. And here we see this familiar story of the widow's offering. And while I do think there's something to this, I do think the traditional understanding of this, uh, these few verses and what happens here speaks a lot to about us that even in our giving, it's not ultimately about the amount. It, it is about um, it, it is about really what, what what's coming out of our heart and what that amount means to us. 
I might give something and you might give something that's the same amount, but because of our backgrounds or what else is going on in our lives or our incomes, that might mean two totally different things. And God ultimately is is looking at the heart. Uh, But I think what we do also see here is this widow is suffering, uh, you know, under the oppressive religious system of the, the, the Pharisees. Because there is this connection, this happens right after Jesus warns them about the the scribes who devour widows' houses, right? These are the kinds of things that he's used to describe, or the New Testament at least, uses to describe false teachers. And here we see a woman, I think, that is in that system, but I think is commended through what is said for where her heart is. But let us remember, though, that the one can that well, the one that can give us rest for our souls is Jesus Christ, not some religious system. And even the trappings of that religious system were about to be destroyed. Jesus speaks of the destruction of the temple. Uh, so much of what the Pharisees cherished was going to be done away with. Uh, but Christ would remain. Christ is was still alive and well at the right hand of God, even when the temple was destroyed. And so may we never put our hope in just ritual or a religious system, may our hope truly always be centered on Jesus Christ. Well, let's wrap up today in Isaiah 13. And now we're going to begin a stretch where it's going to talk about other nations and God's dealing with them. And one thing that we should be encouraged by is nobody's getting away with anything. Even the Babylonians, that's where it's going to start. They're the ones that come and really enact the judgment on Uh, The kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem and the temple is destroyed in the Old Testament because of the Babylonians. But God is going to bring judgment on them and they will be punished for their evil. They will be punished for their iniquity. But even in the midst of that, God is going to save Israel. And we see even Israel taunting Babylon. And it's in chapter 14, starting in verse 12, that you see uh, passages that Uh, seem to, that traditionally, if you're just reading those verses by themselves, you'll think, wait, I've heard these. This is describing the fall of Satan. And that's because some of the things that are said here, and there's another passage in Ezekiel like this, it it makes us think this must be speaking more about someone more than just some earthly king. Uh, But you see though, whether our enemy is the Babylonians or whether our enemy is the devil, nobody's getting away with it. God will win in the end. And God then speaks judgment against Assyria and Philistia. That's, you know, the Philistines who are commonly the bad guys in the Old Testament. God's going to deal with them. And then it speaks of God dealing with Moab, a nation that would have been just on the other side of the Jordan River from Israel. But we can trust the justice of God. And even though God was dealing with the sin of his people, he wasn't ignoring the sin of everyone else at the same time. And he was going to deal with it. But we can know our sin can be dealt with, not by the wrath of God, but through the death of Jesus Christ. That is our rest. And really, Jesus Christ and his what he did for us is the ultimate expression of the steadfast love of God and the faithfulness of God. And I hope those things help you wake up today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.